the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, June 5th, 2023. I am Seth Leibson. Our phone number is 602-508-0960, Uh Bill, good to see you. David, uh, welcome back. Uh, happy Monday. Hope you're having a good one. Some of you got a little nervous when I was describing some of the school shootings we've been attentive to, starting with the massacre at Uvalde, Texas. By the way, do you realize that was over a year ago? In any event, in all the debates about how to prevent these things, some of you got a little nervous when I was taking note of these young shooters' lifestyles and upbringings and said, you know, with all the discussion of hardening these soft institutions, maybe we also need an exorcist in some of these communities. I get the nervousness. But it is the kind of thinking that I think needed to take shape around these child killers and super predators. I mean, drug-addled children broadcasting their psychosis, complete with things like boasting the toting around of bags of dead cats, and we act surprised when they move from dead felines to dead humans. It came and went with a blip last week that the company in Superstore Target had contracted with a company that engages in Satan worship. From the Washington Examiner, the designer behind one of Target's brand partnerships for Pride Month was revealed to have an affinity for Satanism. Among Ab Pralin's other apparel are images of pentagrams, horned skulls, and references to devils. Satan respects pronouns, reads one previous design featured on T-shirts and pins. These items have been shown to have been known to be sold at London's Satanic Flea Market during December, which the brand promoted on its social media as well. Being called a demon is something I can cope with, and the idea of a trans demon is pretty damn cool. Most of my work focuses on gothic or dark and satanic imagery juxtaposed with bright colors and LGBT plus positive messages, Eric, the brand um, owner, wrote on Instagram last year. Where is this coming from? How is this taking hold? Well, the news was broken to me this morning that the Disney Corporation is now promoting a show on Disney Plus called Pauline. You heard of it? Heard of it? Let me describe it from movieguide.org. Pauline is not just another piece of entertainment. It follows the story of a teenage girl, Pauline, who becomes pregnant from a one-night stand with Satan. If that wasn't horrifying enough, the series follows this satanic relationship, which devolves into a sordid romance between the teenager and the devil. Now, according to Deadline, Pauline is a brand-new German show from the creators of a series called how to sell drugs online fast. And we ask why the kids are not all right. From how to sell MDMA and cocaine online and fast to an impregnation and love affair with the devil. The company that gave you Snow White, Mary Poppins, Toy Story, Miracle on 34th Street, Bambi, and Sleeping Beauty is just no longer on the side of you and your family or any notion of family unless it is aimed at Stygian darkness. On another front, 
I want to make sure you heard of this story because there is no doubt it will get no attention on CNN or ABC, which, as with COVID mitigation, will not report on all their errors and falsehoods. Spoken with righteous indignation aimed at anyone who disagreed. There will be no corrections, no regrets, no apologies, and they won't do it with this story either. So let us not let it be buried. Hat tip to John Hinderocker, who wrote it this way. The trans lobby claims that genital mutilation of minors is necessary in order to prevent troubled teenagers from committing suicide. To my knowledge, there is no empirical basis for this claim, and suicide rates among those who have undergone sex change surgery are sky high. But the claim persists nevertheless. Now it turns out that one of the key studies relied on to support sex change procedures has been withdrawn. Public Discourse reports it this way, quote, A major correction has been issued by the American Journal of Psychiatry. The authors and editors of an October 2019 study titled, quote, Reduction in Mental Health Treatment Utilization Among Transgender Individuals After Gender Affirming Surgeries, a Total Population Study, close quote, have retracted the primary conclusion. Letters to the editor by 12 authors led to a reanalysis of the data and a corrected conclusion stating that, in fact, the data showed no improvement after surgical treatment. Integrity in published research has been on a downhill slide for some time. It started in the social sciences and is now spread to the hard sciences, and it's going to have terrible consequences for people who buy into it, just as there have been terrible consequences for those who bought into so much of the COVID hysteria. Back to the scientists retracting their cited research on sex change procedures and suicidiality. Quote, We concluded our letter by comparing this study to the one we consider perhaps the best of its kind, also from Sweden, the 2011 DENG study. The DENG team made extensive use of numerous specified Swedish registries and examined data from 324 patients in Sweden over 30 years who underwent sex reassignment. They used population controls matched by birth, year, birth, sex, and reassigned sex. When followed out beyond 10 years, the sex reassigned group had 19 times the rate of completed suicides and nearly three times the rate of all-cause mortality and inpatient psychiatric care compared to the general population, close quote. As John puts it, 19 times the normal suicide rate. Contemplate that. The claim that sex change surgeries are somehow saving lives is a fantasy, that gentle genital mutilation destroys lives is becoming the undeniable fact. The Economist magazine pointed out this past April the following, and I'm reading directly, quoting directly from The Economist, quote, On different sides of the Atlantic, medical experts have weighed the evidence of the treatment of gender dysphoric children and teenagers, those who feel intense discomfort with their biological sex. This treatment is life-changing and can lead to infertility. Broadly speaking, the consensus in America is that medical intervention and gender affirmation are beneficial and should be more accessible. Across Europe, several countries now believe that the evidence is lacking and such interventions would be used sparingly as they need further study. And the Europeans are right. Close quote. That was the economist saying the Europeans are right. What European countries? Britain. Finland, France, Norway, and Sweden, the ones everyone pointed to to say, well, they do it there. We should be more like Europe. We should be more like them. There's nothing particularly 
magic about Europe. It just seems the progressives like to cite to countries there for nearly every argument when it comes to our medical and moral and social standards. Well, what happens when those European countries admit a mistake and try and turn it back? Do we ever follow their lead then? Or are they just good guidance when they support the revolutionary, the iconoclastic, and the opposition to much more conscientious standards we used to have here? We have seen this with more laxity in our drug laws as well, ever increasingly trying to ape the Netherlands when the Netherlands is not what it used to be when they first liberalized their laws and are doing now almost everything they can to put the genie back in the bottle. I've not ever really quite understood why just because a European country does something, it should be a guide for us, and especially when we never follow up with a question, and how's that working out over there? Or are there any regrets? That would be basic social science, I would think, but we are too tempted and temptable for that. And yes, the double entendre around the words tempt and temptable is intended. Meanwhile, over in Los Angeles, as the LA Times reported last week, public health officials are now handing out glass pipes to the homeless and drug users. The glass pipes are used for smoking fentanyl, crack, and methamphetamine. The theory is that smoking fentanyl and other drugs is less dangerous than injecting it. This will be the first time in at least 50 years I can think of that public health officials are now encouraging smoking. California, the Wall Street Journal reports, has spent $17 billion on homeless efforts. They will now be spending more, and not by solving the homeless problem or any other problem, including the drug problem and its connection to it, but by making the problem more, shall we say, comfortable. That's called enticement. It's called encouragement. It's called enabling. It's also called tempting, too. The curious thing to me is for those who know about these things, a great number of them agree with them or see nothing wrong with them. Perhaps we need a new kind of giveaway program, dictionaries to departments of public health. At least that way we could re-educate them on the difference between the word problem and the word solution, the word help and the word harm. Seems in a lot of our realm we need to be hanged, handing out dictionaries again, not just for our standard vocabulary, but for our mo- moral vocabulary as well. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602 I don't know if uh, any of you are on Twitter or other social media where you would have seen uh, one of the um, LGBTQ plus uh, drag parades that took place in Los Angeles over the weekend. Uh, There's a particular, uh, what would you call it, a float, I guess. That's those things you have, right, that people get on. And there's a particular one going around. Um, it's it's really quite incredible for a group that just wants or an, a movement that just wants to take its regular seat at the table like nothing odd to see here we're just a different lifestyle sorry you don't like it but that's who we are and it was it was perhaps have you seen it bill it was perhaps one of the um i i don't really have an i just don't have a really good word for it <laughs> I will describe someone dressed up as a policeman spanking someone who had no clothes on. 
uh, in front of him that the kids, of course, were lined up for to watch. And I'll leave it at that. Of course, that doesn't do it justice, and I don't want to say too much more. But, um, yeah, I I do want to say more, but I won't. And And what's odd to me is I was looking up to see if there was any commentary about this and I, I stumbled upon a Washington Post piece from uh, two years ago, actually, not this weekend, um, where the Washington Post actually published an op-ed titled, Yes, Kink Belongs at Pride Parades, and I Want My Kids to See It. So people who aren't even in this are supporting this. Steve Hayward has a good um, column over at the New York Post If you are old enough, cast your mind back to the 1984 Democratic National Convention held in San Francisco. I covered it as a young reporter, taking in the flamboyant gay pride parade on Market Street the day the convention opened, the centerpiece of which was the contingent from the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. You know them. They're getting commendations from the L.A. Dodgers. The group, then led by someone named Sister Boom Boom, was notable for their economical use of leather, to cover up certain parts of the physique, along with their deliberate mockery of the Catholic Church. A Republican operative watching the scene remarked to me, in 1972, we paid people to do this to George McGovern at the convention in Miami. Now, Democrats are just doing it for us for free. The bit of his hyper this bit of hyperbole the Democrats of nineteen eighty four actually tried to keep the scene under wraps appears today as an understatement as the Democratic Party has gone all in on no limit self expression to the point that the Biden administration pointedly avoids using the term woman in any official policy documents. Did you know that? Woman is gone from official policy. Meanwhile, the LA Dodgers, once owned by a conservative Catholic family have publicly embraced the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and much of corporate America has gone woke, as the phrase is used. A popular slogan on the right is, get woke, go broke, but until the last few weeks, there was little evidence in support of this proposition. Attempts to organize consumer boycotts of woke products or companies like the NFL after Colin Kaepernick's kneeling for the national anthem usually fizzled, having little effect. Then came the Bud Light debacle, in which Anheuser-Busch sought to leverage the sensation of the trans-celebrity influencer Dylan Mulvaney with a specially labeled can produced just for Mulvaney, which Mulvaney embraced to the hilt on Instagram and elsewhere. A spontaneous boycott of Bud Light, previously America's best-selling brand, has cut sales by more than a quarter since this misbegotten stunt, and the loss of market share appears to have staying power. Anheuser-Busch stock slumped 15%, and Bud Light cans sit unsold on store shelves despite deep price discounts, while sales of Coors Light and Miller Light have spiked. Barron's reports that several analysts think the shift away from Bud Light may be enduring, possibly making the micro-targeted Mulvaney promotion the single greatest brand-killing marketing blunder since the AIDS diet plan in the 1980s. Someone in Target's marketing department apparently decided to say, hold my Bud Light and emulate this consumer alienating strategy. One notable offering of the store's Primark product line is a tuck-friendly one-piece woman swimsuit for fully equipped men who wish to dress like women. 
Another spontaneous consumer boycott has taken wing and Target's stock price fell for 10 days in a row, losing 15%, while the rest of the market started to rally. It's worst Wall Street performance in 23 years. Later in the week, J.P. Morgan downgraded Target's stock. The blowback against gender fluidity is not limited to consumers. Several major league baseball stars have issued public criticism of the Dodgers, and there have been a mounting backlash against anatomical males competing in women's sporting events. This moment seems different. A line has been crossed, and normies, for lack of a better term for traditional middle-class Americans, are saying enough. The long-term trend in American social life for decades now has been expanding the boundaries for individual expression and self-definition. Americans have generally been tolerant, if sometimes slow to move, toward what were once considered deviant traits like, like transgenderism and women in the workplace even. It is worth noting that by the time of the Supreme Court's 2015 Obergefell decision legalizing same-sex marriage, public opinion has come to support the idea after having been strongly opposed just 20 years before that. But the current push on behalf of gender fluidity differs fundamentally from previous liberation movements, as it requires a wholesale denial of human nature itself and demands conformity to this radical view. Far from merely wanting to be tolerated or left alone, the new transgender movement insists on transgressing every institutional and social boundary, from bathrooms to sports to the elementary school classroom. Americans have largely been tolerant of individuals previously described as cross-dressers, but what explains the adamant insistence on performing drag queen exhibitions for children? Why the ferocious suppression of dissident voices in the medical community about aggressive medical interventions to children whose brains and personalities we know are far from fully developed? It should be noted that what is euphemistically called gender-affirming care has been severely restricted in Europe recently, as I was commenting earlier. With opinion polls finding majorities of Americans opposed to the premises of gender fluidity, fluidity consider the current moment the revolt of the normies. For American institutions that have indulged this extremism, perhaps we should say that Pride Month goeth before the fall. Kind of clever, but that is interesting, what is considered normies or normal and abnormal, and the inversion of both. I know there's a lot of people in this audience that sometimes wonder what they're not getting, what they aren't seeing, and why they're considered weird for having standards that we all universally had only six years ago. Well, I'll tell you something. We are normalizing the abnormal. That's how. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website, grandcanyonplanning.com. Good way to reach him. He also has his own show here, radio show here, every uh, Saturday morning at 7 a.m., the Word on Wealth. How are you, John? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Seth. Hope you had a good weekend. I did. Thank you. You as well. You making it up north a little bit? Yeah. I was up, uh, a little up there, a little cooler weather. It was great. Good, good, good. Yeah. This is a big story. I know that because everyone's reporting on it. Yeah. SEC says Binance misused customer funds and ran an illegal crypto exchange in the U.S. 
A lot of people wouldn't even know what the words that headline meant yeah. five years ago. <laughs> you know, crypto's kind of been yeah. you know on the back burner for a while here. Yeah. Uh, we really haven't talked much about it. And, and what's interesting is if you remember Sam Bankman Friedman, yeah. Sam Bankman Friedman, <laughs> Sam, Sam Bank Friedman, Bankman Fried, I think. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, that was only back in November right. of last year. Right. It seems like it's been years. Yes. Because no one's really talking about it. Right. And the reason that FTX, well, one of the reasons, obviously, when it all came tumbling down, uh, had something to do with Binance at the time, who said they would, uh, you know, put up some money as uh, FTX was having liquidity issues, but then pulled out at the last minute. Now, they were indirectly some kind of a competitor, too, to FTX. So this is the interesting side of this. Is, is that the CEO of Binance was basically saying that, hey, you know, I looked into FTX and they were doing all these things uh, that we were not comfortable with. But now all of a sudden the SEC now is pointing the finger at Binance. Now, I don't know if what the, F, uh, the SEC is saying is true or not or illegal, uh, but they're certainly investigating them and they're actually asking that all of the assets of Binance be frozen, mm-hmm. which uh, would obviously uh, just put them out of business immediately. Yeah, and in a way, too, kind of undermine some of the case for cryptocurrency. I would think, which mm-hmm. is that yes. it can't be, uh, it, it can't be, uh, it can't be touched by 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 the governments. Right, but now this is an exchange. Yeah. this is not so actual okay, cryptocurrency, right? 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 So right. this is just where you maybe can put your crypto. It can be lent out, and uh, you know you can make money on top of that. So there, are, there are these creative things that were happening. Uh, with this uh, is is the issue and whether or not it was uh, something that was, uh, you know, kind of uh, money changing hands that shouldn't have been changing hands, putting it into other accounts. I mean, just a misuse of and misappropriation of customer funds and uh, company funds. So this is really what they're looking at. A lot of people are having a hard time. I mean, more and more by the day are, 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 are understanding it with greater with with greater degrees of of, mm-hmm. of of understanding but a lot of people don't quite understand this the this whole world of cryptocurrency and the question i have is when you get big stories like you did with Sam ba- Bankman-Fried mm-hmm. or stories like this with Binance it it must cause a lot of doubts about the the saleability and salience of cryptocurrency uh for those who are kind of novices yeah. And I, and I I would just say number one unless it's just normal uh, be, growing be pennies. cautious yeah. of course yeah. with this uh, type of an investment mm-hmm. number one uh, number two is that th- the company Binance and the actual say Bitcoin are two different yes, things right and so if you are if you own Bitcoin totally different yep. than uh, if you are investing in FTX or in Binance right uh, you know so. Um, but there is a conflation in the mind yes. about these things. It's all the same right. animal, so e- to speak. Exactly. I believe that that would be a, a you know that would a, be the perception anyway. Right. Yes. Yeah, the perception. And uh, but I don't. That's not really the reality. Good. So people, be careful about this. And if you need more information about this, uh, do your research. Uh, certainly, can reach out to me. Um, but I would just say be very careful if you are investing in this or thinking and considering investing in this. Because there is still a lot of uncertainty that that surrounds this. Now, Bitcoin is change, you know, still trading around the twenty five, twenty six thousand yep. 
uh, dollar number, which is still, um, you know, if you invested in it many, many years ago, you still are in a very positive yeah, position. Yeah, I remember it was somewhere around 11 yeah. three years ago or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, no, so if, if you yeah, purchased no. it way back when, you still Of course, it was okay. also 50. <laughs> yeah, but, but many people, you're right, many yeah. people uh, probably invested in it, uh, you know, in, in the much higher ranges I think it was close to over 59,000 or 60,000 at one like point. That. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, some people bought then as well. Yeah. All right. We'll stay on it, John. Thanks for everything, brother. Yes. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finra and Sipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Plenty Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. We'll talk tomorrow, Seth. Thanks, John. Thank you. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. This in the Wall Street Journal is important. Shoplifting is, of course, a vicious and destructive crime against the owners of retail stores. But perhaps not enough attention has been paid to the toll it takes on retail workers who must try to perform their demanding jobs in cities where politicians have decided to tolerate such lawlessness. Market Watch columnist James Rogers writes this. Half of retail and grocery workers witnessed a theft or attempted theft in their stores from October 2022 through mid-April 2023. Does that shock you? It should. Half of retail and grocery workers. Half. Retail and grocery associates are also seeing a notable increase in hostile and violent situations. Over 20% of the respondents to the surveys don't feel prepared to handle situations involving theft, and 40% said they feel scared to go to work. Over a quarter of the workers surveyed said they have ignored a theft or attempted theft. Some news consumers might have laughed to keep from crying about the San Francisco shoplifter who displayed so little fear of punishment that he felt comfortable giving a television interview about how easy It was to steal from one of the city's grocery stores. The appalling failures of local officials that enable such lawlessness put everyone at risk and can put clerks into nearly impossible situations. And the enormous economic cost to business owners will also be borne by workers and shoppers in the form of fewer stores. Now, Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target, has put a number on the cost of inventory shrinkage, which is mostly theft. $500 million in lower profits this year. This was before any of the uh, boycott of Target. $500 million in lower profits this year due to theft and fear of it. The unfortunate fact is violent incidents are increasing at our stores and across the entire retail industry. And when products are stolen, simply put, they are no longer available for guests who depend on them, Mr. Cornell told reporters on an earnings call last week. Beyond safety concerns... Worsening shrink rates are putting significant pressure on our financial results. Speaking of financial results, UBS analyst Mark Carden raised the issue with BJ's wholesale CEO, Bob Eddy. Here's an excerpt. Mr. Carden, so a number of your mass merchant and general merchandise competitors have been calling out increasing pressures from shrink. Have you seen much of an uptick on this front, or does your model just insulate you a bit better, Mr. Eddy? Let me start by saying organized retail crime is definitely definitely a thing, and we see it in our businesses. As I talk to my counterparts across the retail industry, they are definitely seeing it in their businesses. Your point on our format is a relevant one. Although we see it and it is material, we benefit from the fact that we have a membership business. You need a card to get in. Our stuff is largely in bigger pack sizes, so harder to pilfer. 
and our team has done really wonderful work sort of keeping track of all of our inventory. One of the other reasons why ours might be a bit lower than most or a bit more lower than some is although shrink is a problem in many, if not most, markets, it is a much more pointed problem in certain places, particularly on the West Coast or Chicago. Big surprise. My view is the government's first obligation is to provide a safe environment for people to do their daily business. And in a lot of places, that's not happening. But politics aside, I think you'll continue to see this be a problem that the retail industry as a whole needs to work on. We spend a ton of time with our partners in the industry trying to mitigate our own losses and help our competitors mitigate theirs. And it's an unfortunate part of the society we live in today. That passive voice just kills me. It's an unfortunate part of the society we live in today, not because of English grammar, but just because we are resigned to having this be some kind of new normal. Um, some may be puzzled why Albuquerque has become a challenging market. And in truth, the data out of Albuquerque are kind of puzzling. A report on trends in crime statistics from Albuquerque's police department notes encouraging progress over the last few years until one gets to the seventh page of the report showing the 28% increase in aggravated assaults and the 71% increase in murders. Let's hope that politicians in every market prioritize public safety so that workers in retail and every other industry don't have to fear the simple and virtuous act of going to work. You know, I'm going to make a prediction, and I'm not happy about it, but I think I might be right about it. The um, the notion that a lot of us have backed a voter ID because it makes sense, one of the arguments has been, well, I mean, you need an ID to get into a lot of buildings, big buildings, downtown Phoenix, certainly in major cities. Um, you need ID to get on an airplane. Um, you need ID for a lot of different things, sometimes to just order a beer at a bar or to get into a place that serves beer or something stronger. I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing an effort, and I'm betting we are, where you're going to need to show ID to get into a store. I bet we are. You know, people were happy. A lot of people were happy to have COVID passports, vaccine passports, especially in other countries show that you're vaccinated and uh, you can enter the establishment, restaurant, retail, you name it. They're going to be probably unhappy, that same cohort, that same cadre will probably be unhappy if it ever moves to a situation here where you're going to have to have some kind of card or be carded to get into any store. Already, you know it's difficult to buy certain things at pharmacies. Certain things, not pharmaceuticals, um, Sudafed, razor blades, uh, razors, other products that are subject to a lot of retail theft. Well, anyway, it's just a prediction. There is going to be a city that's going to experiment with this or a big chain that's going to experiment with this. And um, it's going to be an unfortunate mark because it'll be an unfortunate sign of a new normal. We can't just trust each other to go into stores. But the reason we can't trust each other just to go into stores is because we can't trust each other to go into stores. That's not circular reasoning when 50 percent of retailers are telling you they have seen theft. 
It's not circular logic. When half of employees at retail stores are saying they have borne witness to theft, some of it attended by violence. Someone's going to overreact one way or the other. Someone's going to overreact and there's going to be a a lot of violence attending this stuff pretty soon beyond the looting that already takes place, which is itself a violent act. But this is the direction the country is going because we decided to apologize for crime and defend it because we decided to um, defund the police and they left their positions and because we've decided to downgrade what used to constitute retail felony into retail misdemeanors that won't be prosecuted. And so at the end of the day, because we have torn down those basic structures that keep honest people honest, we're now going to, um, and my guess is it'll probably start somewhere in Oakland or San Francisco. We're now going to have a system where no one is trusted from anyone else. And it's it's going to be it's going to be a new phase for this country once we go down that route. We 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 started it and experimented with it and platformed it during COVID. We're going to do it now, probably with general retail. Just a marker. See if I'm right. I hope I'm not, but I think I am. Possible recession on the horizon, long-term inflation still with us, bank failure, stock market volatility. What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve? Why Refi has that, a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there is no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in the secure collateralized portfolio from Why Refi. Why Refi is headquartered here locally. I encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road in the 101, as they do. I've been there, and you won't get a sales pitch. No one's going to ask you to sign anything. And when you meet with the team at Why Refi, you'll see why I like and trust them so much, and you can as well. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Just check them out online if you like at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. That's investyrefi.com or 888-YREFI-34. Many of you may know who Brett Stevens is, used to be at the Wall Street Journal, now the New York Times, generally was considered one of the better conservative intellectual writers, but uh, went overboard in uh, I think overboard and lost lost a lot of um, lost a lot of esteem in the way he handled the Trump phenomenon. But in any event, still signs of his brightness shine through occasionally. And he published uh, yesterday a commencement speech he gave a commencement kind of speech he gave at the University of Chicago about how we get things so wrong in this country. Why did nobody at Facebook, sorry, Meta, stop Mark Zuckerberg from going all in on the metaverse? Possibly the worst idea since New Coke. Why were the economists and governors at the Federal Reserve so confident that interest rates could remain at rock bottom for years without running a serious risk of inflation? Why did the CIA believe that the government of Afghanistan could hold out against the Taliban for months, but the government of Ukraine would fold to the Russian army in days? Why were so few people on Wall Street betting against the housing market in 2007? 
Why were so many officials and highly qualified analysts so adamant that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction? Why were so many people convinced that overpopulation was going to lead to catastrophic food shortages and that the only sensible answers were a one-child policy with forced sterilizations? He has three uh, temporary or perhaps even tenuous answers that are kind of interesting. If we get a chance, I'd like to go through them with you, but if you have the ability to access, it's called go forth and argue. The larger point is what damage censorship does or the notion that we should silence dissenting voices in the decisions that we make. We've seen how bad it has been for society. It's a nice roundup of how it's been in foreign policy and business uh, relations as well. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 